Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. This is a national health alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket costs. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888 303 9136 888-303-9136. The number to call to listen live by phone is 515-605-9375. You can also find us at blogtalkusa.com, blogtalkradio.com, forward slash blogtalkusa. And you can find us in podcast form under the banner blogtalkusa. And under that banner, you can find Marvelous Monday. We want to wish everyone a happy Independence Day. We hope everyone had a safe and happy fourth. And now here is your host for Marvelous Monday, Dr. Shirley <laughs> McKellar. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Rihanna. It's great to hear your voice. And you can find me right here on Monday evening at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm so glad to be here. And I've had an amazing, amazing holiday weekend. And boy, has it been nonstop. What about yours? Oh, you know, it's been it's been loud and loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's been loud and eventful and hot <laughs> and grateful. Absolutely, and you're right. It's getting really, really. Does anybody not believe in climate change? I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hi, Doctor Hagney. How are you doing? <laughs> yes, I know Doctor Hagney believes in climate change. I think we all do. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. It's so hot in the Midwest on the East Coast, and it's usually a little cooler in those areas. But um, but we want to pause really quickly before we get into the show, Miss Rihanna, and we want to think about those families over there in uh, Florida. Uh, It's just such a tragedy, such a tragedy. And, of course, we know that they brought that building down uh, today. And I'm just wondering about that other 
building over there that has not been uh, touched, but uh, I'm sure that people are moving out of there, would you say? I bet they are. I would I would think so. I would think yeah. so. And can I can I also point out that um you know, I'm sure everybody on this line knows uh of the reports that the building that came down was um surveyed in the 90s and they were warned that this leak was happening and that there the structural issues were there. So, uh once again, you know, deregulation, deregulation, deregulation <laughs> mixed with uh, climate change and sinking uh, land, it, it's just a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that out, Ms. Rihanna, because it kind of reminded me of when we were warned here in Texas uh, with yes. ERCOT and nothing was yes. done, right? And, exactly. Uh, and then we... Then we Everything else is history. We see what happened uh, to us, and we were out of, uh, just myself alone, were out of uh, electricity for 65 hours, and there were people who right. were out even longer, and we're still trying to get pipes and things repaired. I don't know if, Dr. Dr. Hagney, I don't know if you were out of uh, out of your power and water at any given time, and then, of course, the water, uh, it was not drinkable. It was brown. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. I don't have yeah, I, we had uh, we had slight power, but not no problem with the water. But yes, the power okay. was here. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's so when these things come about, we need to take action right there because look at all of the lives that are lost. You know, at this point in time, I am probably pretty sure that there are no uh, lives uh, that are there in that uh, rubble that are going to say that they survived that. I would be shocked. Nothing is impossible with God, but it's just hard to believe that as long, how many days is this now, and that uh, there's still some life there. Everybody that they've pulled mm-hmm. out so far uh, has have lost their lives. So we just, go oh, ahead. Don't, oh, hey, I'm sorry, how, how are you doing? How are you doing? They found them alive. Yes, that's true. I do. I do remember that. That's why I said nothing is impossible with God. That is, if it's not time for those people to leave this earth, then they will be alive uh, and well. I, I remember the the young boy who had his hand up in the air and said, "Don't leave me! Don't leave me!" And they were able to get him. Out. It's just it's just such a, a tragedy for all of this to happen. Well, I'm going to ask this a favor tonight because uh, we're still having some uh, kickback with uh, Mr. Arthur's phone. So when we're not speaking, if everybody on will just mute mute their telephones, and so uh, I will and I'll mute mine out as well, and we'll give you a few minutes to uh, open your lines up and come back in. Uh, to speak as we do our round robins and have our discussions uh, because we're still, I don't know, Mr. Arthur, but we're still having some difficulties in your complete sentences. It's still going in and out. Is it going in and out for you, Ms. Rihanna, on the board? Can you hear Mr. Arthur? Yes. Is it going in and out? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's, it is going in and out. And let me say welcome to Pastor Cooper also. Oh, outstanding. 
Hey, uh, Pastor Cooper, good evening. How are you doing? Welcome back to your hometown here, uh, your home place here on uh, Blog Talk USA Radio. And so uh, go ahead and and greet everybody, uh, Pastor Cooper. Hey, man, and thank you for having me. Uh, Can you hear me clearly? We can hear you very clearly, yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I just want to say thank you all. I've been enjoying my ass, uh, Brother Arthur said, as we get him back live again. Uh, Juneteenth up until July 4th celebration. I've been celebrating Juneteenth up until this day. <laughs> Very good. Well, happy Juneteenth today and yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And then- <laughs> we never stop celebrating. We We celebrate mm-hmm. our independence as we continue to fight for independence in our own country. Very good, very good, beautiful. Okay, and then go ahead, uh, Dr. Hagney, and and do your greetings, and I know you may have a word or two to say before we kick off the show. Yes, again, it's it's great being here and all the celebration this month. And um, Justin, we've been having a lot of rain here in East Texas, so I heard it also in Houston. So, again, back to climbing and justice and everything. But, again, it's just great hearing everybody and, Looking forward to our discussion tonight because a lot's happening out there. Exactly. Thank you for that. Uh, I got to and, and you're, you're absolutely uh, correct. We're getting pouring down rain here right now, and I, I hear rain coming in on our our network. So once again, if everybody will mute, and then when you then we'll give you a few seconds to open up your lines. And so that we can uh, we can begin our uh, discussion for the evening. So I'm glad that and to know that everybody had a great uh, holiday weekend, and uh, now we're ready to get back to work. I tell you, because as Dr. Hagney says, there is so much work uh, to be done. We have a couple of uh, discussions that we want to talk about today. In particular, we know that, and I'm going to be, begin with the uh, with the vaccines. We're going to talk about. Uh, the vaccines and and the need to uh, try to mitigate uh, this Delta virus that's hit our country, uh, hit this world. And the one thing that that we do know is that we are in a pandemic, and the only way that we can solve a pandemic is not just to uh, mitigate uh, that virus in America, but we got to go all over the world. And so we know uh, vaccines have been sent to some other parts of the world from America, uh, because when we take care of when we take care of ourselves, uh, when we help to take care of others, I should say, we're taking care of ourselves because we do live in a global society where people travel from one end of the country, uh, one end of the world to the other end of it. So we're we're carrying things back and forth. So we all have to work together to try to mitigate. This COVID nineteen. So we're gonna we're gonna start with uh, with uh, the vaccines. And one of the things that I can tell you is that there are, and we're gonna use as our sounding board uh, the uh, the medical society out at Ben Taub Hospital there in Houston, Texas, uh, and they lost their job. Some of them, I think, about one hundred and twenty five of them did not want uh, the vaccine, and. Uh, and so I believe they ended up uh, losing their jobs, I believe. So, uh, Ms. Rihanna, if you could pull up some articles and, and see if we can uh, get some reading on that. And then we'll open, uh, if, uh, Dr. Hagney will open up his line, and I'll mute out, and he can uh, uh, give us a briefing on where we are as far as taking 
uh, the vaccines out into our community. Uh, and you can also mention the fact that we received a phone call from Texas College, and they're ready to try to uh, to immunize their students on the campus there. So I give it to you, Dr. Hadden. Very good. Uh, you know, what, what you said is so true. And, and also the documentation, what we're early on, we recognize the importance of information about about this the virus and also about the vaccine and also targeting the uh, the black churches and reaching out into the communities of color. That, is, that has been done consistently. We get a response from that. We've had several events, and also you mentioned Texas College. But another point, the vaccines are proven to be very effective. And so the bottom line now, of course, we're also fighting a lot of um, Internet misinformation that seem to be growing there on the Internet. So we have to keep moving forward with the positive factual information. We have our brochure up. Uh, we have done public, popular copies of that. We get that in hands. We also have our pamphlet. So the key is you know, continue pressing forward with the correct information and, uh, and, and also focusing on areas where there are a lot of misinformation. But, again, as you well know, the communities of color, uh, the numbers when you hear nationally, they're not uh, representative of the communities of color. So it's, up, it's utmost important that we can continue forward through our churches, through our community. Uh, we've developed a, a, a speaker panel, so we we ask them the invitation to go out to speak to different groups, but we must get the information out to our population. There has been some response, some improvement, but also we're looking at um, including all sorts of activities. We utilize the Juneteenth activities, but also coming up uh, at second site, we're working with uh, back-to-school packs. Uh, that's, uh, you know, in the community, getting information out, getting the numbers in there. And also I spoke this past weekend to a large uh, uh, religious group, uh, Bishop Houston group, uh, that's represented throughout uh, northeast Texas. They want to partner with us, follow up with us in, in their sites. And also we had another request from another large uh, Christian organization that we were partnering with them because they, they, are, they are recognizing you know, the other uh, groups, the drive-thrus and the health departments and all those, they, they're no longer doing that. So really, so we're actually not in the because this, this Delta virus is proven to be very aggressive, uh, and, and so we have to recognize that. All this, also discussion about the mask and, and what we need to do is, a, is almost a individual thing. People going to have to look at themselves and see what they need to be doing. Uh, and, and so that's going to be the key for the mass and also getting the immunization. And like I said, we'll continue to attack, attack all of the misinformation out there that we see on the uh, the uh, uh, Facebook. And then we also have our uh, our uh, website up now. It looks fantastic. So we are going to address those social issues through the social media with our web, a web uh, page and site and connecting groups on there. Another interesting thing we're looking at um, really working with churches for developing healthcare ministries in the church. We have a lot of blessed retired nurses that have been a lot of the churches, and we're going to try to get them involved for us forming health uh, ministries inside the church to continue that information. But tap that on at resources, those 
particular black nurses out there that are retired all these years' experience, we're going to try, we're going to get them on board. Uh, and so there's partnering with the community down uh, to care. They want us to move in other areas like Prospect and also the maternal. So they're partnering with us. So that's, that's very significant. So that's what them and because they're a full-service type organization, so not just giving the organization in hands. They also have a mobile unit that they want to move out. And so we're very excited about that. We just need to get the word out about who we are and how we can reach the community and also the resources we have. So that's that's my initial input. Very good, very good. Thank you so much uh, for that, and you're 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 100% correct. And the one thing that I, I can say is that even though I look at it like this, those of us who went to public schools, uh, we had to take uh, certain uh, vaccines before we could get in public schools. Now, is there anybody on with me that did not attend public schools and did not have to? Uh, turn your paperwork in to say that uh, you've been immunized with the measles and the mumps and and all of those. And then we spent time carrying our children back and forth to the doctor. Ms. Rihanna has a young young infant child right now, not quite a year old. And so she can share with us what has gone on uh, with Colin in this past uh, 11 11 months or so. Uh, Ms. Rihanna, did you have to carry Colin to uh, <laughs> the pediatrician to get uh, any immunizations? Share that with us if you did, if you don't mind. It began a couple hours after he was born, <laughs> and it has not <laughs> ended yet. It has been uh, every, uh, gosh, for the first few months, every month um, he was given polio vaccine. Uh, he was given his uh, measles, mumps, and rubella, I believe, his um, dip, diphtheria, I think it is, just tons and tons and tons of vaccines. Uh, he was given a flu shot, um, <laughs> and the moment he can be given his COVID shot, he will be given his COVID shot. Wow. But, yes, it's an endless uh, – he goes back to the doctor next month to get his shots for um, one year. And this is right. all keeping him completely up to date with his immunizations. There's a strict schedule that is proven um, after years and years and years of science uh, to be safe for children to follow. And that's why pediatricians follow that schedule, because it's, it's safe for kids to be given these immunizations on this schedule. So, yes, he's absolutely current and up to date. Uh, with all of his immunizations, and he'll be getting his COVID uh, shot as soon as that's available to him. Sure. And can I can I ask you a question, yes. Dr. McKellar, and and all Absolutely. of our veterans on the line, uh, Arthur? Um, it, it, it's uh, it come to my attention that this idiot congressman from my state, Kentucky, uh, Congressman Massey, introducing a bill. <laughs> In his words, so that if you're in the military and they try to force you to have your COVID shot, you can quit. Oh, <laughs> it seems that oh he doesn't God. really know how the military works on a bunch <laughs> of different <laughs> levels. <laughs> so if anybody wants to talk about why that's just the most ridiculous thing they've ever heard, there's the stage set for you. <laughs> oh, my Mr. Arthur, oh. if, you could, if you could unmute your phone, Mr. Arthur, and talk to us about do you just – quit 
uh, the military. Can you dialogue on that a little bit for us, sir? You are military. Thank you. Well, like I said, good luck. Good luck, Betty. Good luck. <laughs> He's a, good, good luck with that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. As a matter of well, fact, and aren't, yeah. aren't you the most uh, immunized people on the planet? <laughs> There you I military folks. That was my mouth. Now, I remember. Eddie here, Eddie here, Now there was some controversy about that. Uh, I, I can't say that, where. That's true. Holla, holla, or whatever it is. Anyway, they had been giving it to the military guys over in, oh, you know, over in Iraq and so forth and Afghanistan. And so, and so, and so now I know that particular drug, they don't have the guys don't have to take it when they go overseas no more. They did do that. So. Mm-hmm. Now, what, do you know which one that was, Miss Arthur? Yeah, you know the one that Trump had. had you know the one that the, the one that uh, Trump had people trying to take the holla. You know, I can't say it. Holla, holla, queen, holla, holla. You know whatever. What is it? Hydroxychloroquine. Oh, hydroxychloroquine. Oh, the malaria drug. Well, nobody has to take that anyway. Period. No place. Okay, I just didn't realize that. <laughs> uh huh. Yes, or not? Because and then like when they brought because because that's what folks were saying when they when Trump started telling folks to take it, it had already been tested and it's bad for people's hearts. Exactly. Right. You know, right. I mean, I know some guys that was in that that came out with heart condition behind that stuff. And so, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so 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 as far as you know now, as far as you know, like okay, I don't want to take it now. I quit. Now I don't know about that. No, it's <laughs> it's like that. You don't just quit. The military. Yeah, isn't that called AWOL? <laughs> yeah, right. You don't just quit and they come for you. If you go AWOL, they 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 go for you and they can find you too. And, uh, and, and then there's there's something it, it, called it, it, Article 15. Go ahead, Mister. I said if that was that easy, everybody would be walking out of basic training, wouldn't they? Right. <laughs> yeah. There and and there's a few articles they can throw at you and put you up there in. Um, in Kansas as well, so uh, don't try it because it may not work yeah. out that in your favor. But uh, uh-huh. that's silly. <laughs> so okay, uh-huh. well thank you. I I wanted to just pre uh, prepare us uh, maybe to kind of outline that a little bit. I don't know, Pastor Cooper, do you have any comments on that before we uh, before we really get deep into it? And the reason why I just wanted to bring out the fact of uh, how we're immunizing. Uh, and it's required in, in order to get in public schools and so forth. But go ahead, uh, Dr. Cooper. Well, I just want to take my uh, hat off to uh, Dr. Hagney for uh, keeping us on the right path uh, about uh, mm-hmm. vaccinations, and he continues to bring the conversation up, and, and well, he should. Uh, I think sometimes we get comfortable in the fact that the uh, vaccinations are working and most people that we know that are sensible and reasonable and want a long, good, healthy life, they go out and get the COVID uh, uh, vaccination. Uh, but the other thing is, is that uh, we can't get too comfortable because it's summertime and it's hotter outside and, and you know, these things kind of go away for a little while and then they creep back up after fall and winter comes back. And uh, we don't realize that this thing is, is changing its, its colors and, and coming in a new, mutated way. Uh, so we need to re- re- remind, exactly like Dr. Hagney said earlier, our young people, because they're gathering for, we had Juneteenth, we've got 4th of July, you're going to have other holidays, vacations, and family gatherings, and a lot of people going to be in those gatherings have not had their shots, uh, and they're going to be exposing themselves and their family to COVID. Let me tell you how I know that's true, because I have a church member that has been moving around, excited now, 
and their entire family has COVID now. So, and these are young people. So I'm telling you to heed the warning of what this doctor is telling you. He's dealt with this uh, type of, I mean, the experience on this line. I mean, we have uh, RNs, people with background in medicine. And, uh, and I love what uh, Ms. Rihanna said. Uh, our military is the most vaccinated people on, on the planet. Uh, my brother was a Marine, uh, senpai. I uh, appreciate his service, but he'll tell me in a heartbeat that he had a shot in every arm and, and, and the rear end sometimes. So uh, <laughs> let's make sure that uh, we heed the warning and get our shots. That's it. Very good. So well so well put. I, I, I was just about to say I remember uh, conducting many, many uh, vaccine clinics uh, when we were getting ready to cross the big pond or go to war wherever we were going on our missions, uh, if you didn't have those, there were some that had to get many, many vaccines at one time. I mean, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I've told the story of uh, some of those big guys, six, two, and three, that would just fall to the floor uh, because they <laughs> saw that needle coming at, in their direction. But we had to do what we had to do. And if they didn't keep their immunizations up when they came into the military, they could have gotten 15, 20 uh, shots, uh, depending upon where all they had to go and what all that they were in, had a deficit of. So, and that is required. It's mandatory. So, so Ms. Brianna, if you have been able to pick, pull up some, uh, some of those articles or if any out there in Houston, Texas, uh, in regards to those medical personnel, I think it was about 125 or so of them that refused uh, to get their uh, vaccines and ended up losing their lives. And I'm sorry, losing their uh, positions. And then let's dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their job. And let's dialogue a little bit well, on the pros and cons. Go ahead, Ms. Rihanna. The, uh, yes, it was, uh, I think, 158. Uh, they walked out over their employers mandating them as medical health professionals to be inoculated against COVID. Uh, And instead of doing that, they walked out. Uh, There have been, I believe, two two courts now in Texas um, gone to this employer um, vaccine mandate. Uh, so it's been tested twice, and a second Texas court has upheld that this uh, employer mandate, vaccine mandate, is lawful. Uh, so the these medical professionals who didn't want to be vaccinated um, have also gone to court uh, to try to sue um, over this mandate and that is going nowhere um, as well and one of the nurses has made a statement that this is quote uh, far from over but according to this second court it is over because this mandate is legal and lawful so that's the information i was able to find Uh, oh and i also found this interesting piece of information Um, In Travis County, Texas, close to 70% of the people have at least one COVID-19 vaccine dose. I thought that was interesting. Very good. And then we know Travis County. Is that what you said, Travis County? Travis County. Is that Austin? 
I think it is. Is that right? That's super? Okay. All right. I believe it's Austin, Texas. Yes. Uh, Travis County is Austin. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Real good. So, Travis County. So then I want the I want our discussion then tonight to be uh, on, on COVID-19 and the vaccines. Should medical personnel be required uh, to take uh, the vaccine? And uh, so so since uh, since Dr. Hagney is this is one of his big things, and mm-hmm. he is a med- he's a medical personnel, uh, retired pharmacist, doctorate degree in pharmacology. Uh, I, Dr. I just yeah. I, I like to say it's uh, as a healthcare professional, it's really concerning to me to think of other healthcare professionals who refuse to take the uh, the vaccine. Uh, that points to their training, that points to their employment, uh, how they are managed, and also what is concerning is uh, if you're a healthcare professional, and you feel that concern as a potential patient. I really would not. Uh, like for you to be my health care provider uh, because that, that, that mm-hmm. is, a, is a deeper issue than just a virus. It's a deeper, it's a health care knowledge. It's, a, it's back to the oath what you uh, uh, always want to do and be. So it's concerning how you would think, I would think a, a health care professional, the one working in a hospital around individuals, would not understand the vaccine enough. That's very concerning. Uh, to think about how they were trained professionally across the board. And so I think to a certain, I would personally say it is a blessing that they're not actually in the hospital anymore because the more issues to this than versus just giving someone a vaccine is you understanding the whole the knowledge of healthcare, healthcare prevention, healthcare treatment, because you feel this about something like this. And also your lack of knowledge of vaccine development, drug development and everything. And I sort of point a little to your back, to your training, your, your training, and, and that's, that's concerning. And so any, um, you know, there are a lot of people who are uh, dedicated to help other individuals, not just themselves. And so I would think uh, it would be a golden opportunity for those who want to get into health care to pursue health care to replace all those individuals who uh, feel that they should not take the virus out if they just leave. And also health care is a small um small industry, and I would think it'd be, it's going to be very difficult for them to work any other place because the healthcare community is not as large as the people are thinking about, and so therefore uh, not only losing their jobs there, I would be I would be shocked if they were hired anywhere else in, uh, to work around patients in the health career. So I think I think their whole career is over with, and I, like I say, it's, it's a blessing to the patients that they're no longer there because you have that concern about vaccine, you also have that lack of knowledge about other medical errors and issues you were trained to be a healthcare professional in. So uh, that's that's my point on that, but I think it will be a blessing for people who need jobs to be in the healthcare to replace all those people in healthcare who want to be that. So I would say just leave and leave a position open to those who are dedicated to uh, not a selfish issue but want to help people. That's what healthcare is all about. And so uh, that's my that's my take on that. Okay. Thank you for that, Dr. Hagney. I, I could tell you that when I when I was actually a hospital employee, uh, that I worked in a hospital. I have been a, a director of nurses. I've been a house uh, evening supervisor. I've run uh, ICU, uh, CCU. I've run, um, and, and that's critical, all critical care, uh, ER, uh, all of those various uh, delivery room, just all aspects of uh, medicine. And uh, 
and those hospitals required now I, I think some some offer and some say it's not required it's not a requirement but they but it's offered and that's the hepatitis and the influenza uh, the varicella the uh, pneumococcus I mean all of those various ones and then there are people uh, who actually uh, say they don't take uh, vaccines uh, for religious uh, reasons uh, and and we know all of that piece of the puzzle so I, I just wanted to throw that in before we go uh, to our, our next phase and I'm going to mute out and and Pastor Cooper, if you have some comments in regards to this and what your feelings are, because you, too, as a healthcare professional, a psychologist, those are healthcare professionals. And so, and then after that, we'll go to Mr. Arthur, Pastor Cooper. Well, I'm glad that was a great segue to what my statement was. And my point is going to be is that uh, you have to think about, and Dr. Hadman kind of alluded to it a little bit, uh, the mental state of those that is in the healthcare profession. Uh, refusing to take the vaccine, but at the same time, those that are CEOs, CFOs of those entities have it as a mandate. Say, for instance, you want to or desire to go and visit a loved one in the nursing home or other facilities uh, for long-term care, you have to have proof that you've been vaccinated. Uh, So it's an oxymoron that, that this same profession is at odds with itself. Uh, so, and what's amazing too is that I know some patriots. Like, like I say, sometimes I'm quiet in a room and I listen to folks. I know some of those people that will high five in the insurrection uh, on January 6th. I know people that uh, support some of the statements that those uh, aggressive, whatever you want to call them, Republicans or things like that, that are so aggressive uh, that they are fighting. Uh, for their freedom and, and, and fighting the federal government and the mandates and, you know, and all of these things. But at the same time, data does not lie. Statistics does not lie. Uh, so at that point, at that point uh, I have to uh, question the mental health of those that are calling themselves in the health field. So uh, I don't know. Uh, you may want to take another look at your doctor, your personal uh, physician, uh, you may want to take a look at the specialists and things like that and, and, and take account uh, how they're perceiving this pandemic because guess what? As Dr. Shirley McKellar always says, this is a pandemic. I mean, it involves everyone. That's just my take. Just t- kind of double think your uh, processes and who you use. Excellent. So well said. So well said. Well, let me throw this in there uh, before we go to uh, Mr. Arthur and hear his comments in regards to this. But let's, let's look at our correctional uh, institute, our inmates uh, that are in the prisons and that are residents in our prison system, in particular in Texas. Uh, they are required uh, to take those. They didn't have a real choice. They just went down the line and immunized them as they, as they uh, came about, as they came along the way. Uh, as a matter of fact, they had... And as you all know, we were working to try to uh, get some of those uh, some of those inmates out of uh, out of the federal system there in Fort Worth, and we were pretty effective in in making that happen. Because our plea was, uh, number one, you're packed on top of each other in there. It's it's almost like having a a hotbed of tuberculosis when you you add COVID in there. You really had a real deal going on. And then we know that we had a lot of uh, staff as well as the inmates who came down with it so we were able to get some of them 
out and, and moved along the way. And so I understand some of those who actually were, were moved out and sent home to uh, recover from COVID and so forth, they brought them back in uh, to the facility. But there were some who were able to uh, remain at home simply because they were uh, low low risk. Uh, their, their issues were uh, maybe marijuana and non-threatening uh, uh, cases. So, so therefore, some of them were able to remain at home. But my story here is that they were required uh, they, they didn't ask. They just gave them, just like in the military, they just gave them uh, the vaccines uh, so that they could stop and mitigate some of all of these people that were getting very sick and even some dying there. That includes the, uh, the uh, inmates as well as the staff. So I want to throw that part in there as well uh, before Mr. Arthur goes ahead. And now I'll mute that, Mr. Arthur. You go ahead. Uh, as a as a former, as a nurse home administrator and former health, uh, home health care owner, definitely, no, they should not, they should be fired because, I mean, really, you can't, yeah, I mean, it's just a bad idea. It's, you know, they kind of remind me of those police that quit because they can't beat people up and they got to be held accountable or something. It's just, you know, we're in, right now we're in one of those animalistic uh, instinct periods of of America where everybody is, basically just in their own, you know, raw, whatever it is. And they, and they feel like they're surviving. So I think it's, I think it had more to do with the political situation uh, 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 that they took that kind of stand. Because, see, back in the day with polio and all that stuff, we didn't have all that. So I think that, that, that this last administration affected everything, including health care, in, in, in a negative kind of way. Right, and insubordination is insubordination. That's what people fail to realize is that uh, years ago, uh, if you had a minority person or a person that, that's in a field, they were looking for reasons if they saw you uh, uh, matriculating up the ladder of success to, to, to demote you or uh, delete you. And this is just another form of insubordination. They would not bat their eyes to get rid of you. So uh, at that point, administrators need to do the same thing. But you're right, Brother Arthur, I agree. Uh, we're in a t- time in, in, in such as these that uh, the, these folks are trying to send a point. I reached out because now it's hard for me. I'll never forget. We saw Dr. Sherman McKellar. I think we were in Rose, Sharon, Rose Sharon in Houston area, and uh, we, we, we kind of had to uh, refrain from hugging and shaking hands. And matter of fact, she stopped us a couple of times, and we, men <laughs> especially, we were shaking hands. And, and then I, I had to re- reform uh, back to uh, refrain from shaking hands. And now I fist bump all the time if I do anything or elbow bump. And I had one gentleman that I thought I knew very well, and he almost just took my arm off and said, I don't want any part of uh, this COVID. I, I, he said, I'm done with it. I'm over it. And he walked away just talking to himself. I was like, what, what just happened? And I, I had to replay it five minutes later to myself. Oh, I fist bumped him. And he didn't like it. He, 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 he shake my hand. I, we, we're in the world where we greet, meet, greet someone with handshake. Like, Whoa, you know. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's where we are. Yeah. Hey, I, 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 I like to see the racial breakdown on those nurses and things and and, and professionals that's not taking up a shot. Because see, most black folks they be going, whoops, that's my job, right? So I'm trying to figure if, if maybe they maybe they feel you know, I, I won't say privilege, where they, you know, that they can take that kind of stand. That's a that's a serious stand, 
you know, to take. Uh, then they got something else working. Ms. Rihanna, I'll jump back in. Uh, that's a great point, uh, Mr. Arthur. Ms. Rihanna, see if you can uh, dig up something on uh, what Mr. Arthur just said and, and see uh, see if uh, we can take a look at the uh, ethnic groups uh, that uh, walked out and <clears throat> who they are and so forth and so on as we continue that, that conversation. I, I also thought about uh, the, the organization for uh, developmentally uh, disabled uh, facility, the state, and I'm, and I'm just basically kind of focusing on Texas simply because we live in Texas, even though Ms. Rihanna is out in Kentucky, that, uh, that she is a Texan too. So I'm looking at, at Texas, and Texas requires that the uh, developmentally uh, disabled facilities uh, also uh, be immunized. So, um, and, and once again, if, if, uh, if people have uh, their religious practices and whatever uh, that precludes them uh, from, from this, from, well, I know of one religion that, um, that does not believe in uh, vaccines. And, uh, and so and a lot of those, what I've learned is a lot of those students uh, that come from those families are oftentimes uh, homeschooled. Uh, because I think that I know public school has a really, really pretty firm rule here in Texas on uh, on immunizing uh, students. Uh, anybody have any comments in regards to that? And, and while Ms. Rihanna may be trying to find if we can um, if we can satisfy Mr. Arthur's uh, question in regards to ethnicities and background. Well, there's a lot of discussion, I tell you quickly, there's a lot of discussions on whether or not uh, those, uh, those professionals uh, should lose their jobs. Uh, and it looks like the bulk of the people uh, feel that uh, how can they teach me and talk to me about good health and watching what I'm supposed to do and talk to me about my diet and talk to me about my blood pressure and, and my health overall. Uh, and, and just leave me hanging out there uh, when it comes to uh, a pandemic and how things are going. We don't want to spend the rest of our lives in masks, even though I think we are going to be in masks for a minute or two longer. I don't think it's. What well, about line? Is, it, 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 okay. The line is you don't want to you don't want to come to the hospital and get sick. You don't want to come to the hospital and get sick. You go to the hospital and get well. And if you got a profession that's going to get you sick. I mean, that's just the bottom line for me. I'm coming to that. If you was, if you was working at a car dealership, that would be different. You know what I'm saying? Uh, sure. But you're at a yeah. hospital. I'm coming there. I ain't coming out to buy no car. I'm coming out to get well. And if you're sick or if you make some of my kin people sick, why they come to see me because you sick, well, you know, you're defeating the purpose. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just reading, they, they service over 80,000 people at Ventop. That's a lot of folks can get in there. You go. That's a lot of people, isn't it? That's a yeah, major. That's it's, a lot now is Ben is Ben Pop the county hospital for uh, Houston? I thought it was Ben Top. Which this, one is it? This, this is Ben Top that I pulled up. Right. It's Ben, ben Top. Top. Right. Mm. And I believe isn't is that not the county hospital for Houston? That's the county hospital. Yes. Exactly. Yes, okay. okay. So that's why you got so many uh, 
That's stupid. That's why you have so many people going to that hospital because that is your county hospital. That's a lot of people coming in and out of that hospital. Uh, well, and, and we have to hold them accountable. Just like uh, we just finished holding someone accountable that was running our county hospital here in Jefferson County uh, that thought it was okay to say uh, racist comments on, on Facebook and do whatever you want to do. But uh, we send a message and let them know that you cannot do that. And so in the same thing, they have to do there. So we just have to hold people's feet to the fire and let them realize that we're going to hold them accountable. That's our jobs. And if over that Ben Top area, I saw some buildings over there with Preview A&M name on them. Now, I hope they're getting some of that money because there's some, some, some nice buildings over that medical area over there. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah it's Preview, one of the yeah, – yeah, they have their graduate school there, and there's some graduate building in the, in the medical center. It's one of the number one uh, trauma uh, centers in, in the in in the world. I mean, it, it, it's yes. uh, they they see a lot of things there. Wow. Well, I tell you what, I worked in the county hospital there in Dallas, Texas. It's called Parkland Hospital. And let me just tell you, I have never seen some of the things that I saw when I was at Parkland and I trained at Parkland. I have never seen them ever, ever again in my career. You see all kinds of things come into these county hospitals and all kinds of people from every every walk of life, uh, so to mm-hmm. speak. And so, uh, and you're, you're right, you're going to get all kinds of things, uh, illnesses and diagnoses and things that you don't hear uh, every single day and run-of-the-mill diagnosis, so to speak, uh, common diagnosis, you're going to see things that you you may not ever see in one of the private hospitals out there uh, in our community. Another fact about the county hospitals, that's where all your, a lot of the majority of your medical training occur in county hospitals. Absolutely. And, and exactly also right. the, the, the other fact about the benefit of county hospitals it's really, to a certain extent, is the first area that a majority of medical school school students interact with individuals of color, and that and that's what we see in the training disparity of uh, the whole medical educational system, the role that the the county hospitals play, because that's the first exposure to uh, uh, individual colors. So that is very important that they get their training because they're from the background where they're not interacting with an individual like that. So that's a major plus for the county hospital to assist in orientating and doctoring doctors to uh, the minority populations. But on a personal note, but on a personal note, you better take somebody, you better make sure if you go to those training hospitals that you got somebody with you because, you know, you'll wind up in a, a, a test program somewhere. Because they, mm-hmm. they, they roll up in there, they roll up in there with the pen and paper. So I talking to you, if ain't nobody with you, you know, you might find yourself up out of here. So, hey. Okay. Well, you, my, well, my brother, you need to do that lot, at any hospital, actually. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's well put, uh, Pastor Cooper. That, that could actually happen in about any hospital. But but I get your yeah. point, uh, Mr. Arthur. And, and you need to have people in the hospital with you when you're sick, your loved ones are sick, if you, if you can. I know during COVID, exactly. we were not able to uh, go and sit in the, in the hospital rooms with our loved ones and so forth. But, uh, but just think about this. Uh, you got a very, very critically ill family member, and that nurse or that physician or that caregiver that's providing uh, that um, 
paraprofessional care, they cannot be there with your loved one uh, 24-7. And so you need family members there to to grab a, a tissue, to give you a drink of water, or, or call the nurse if you can't ring for the nurse, you know, so sure, that uh, sure. so that you can sure, go sure. Sure, you can verify this because you're in the business. The more yes, the, the if your people come out and see you while you're in the hospital, you get better service <laughs> than if somebody. Yes, does. that's that that's that squeaky wheel, right? <laughs> it gets yes. that oil. You're you're one hundred percent correct. That's why it always troubled me when when pa- when kiddos would put their parents in your facility, Mr. Arthur and go away and, and not come back and see about them. And that's, it, it was just difficult for me to be a, a director of nurses, and you were the administrator of the facility. But it was hard because, because I knew how important it was and is for family members to be right there. It even helps with the healing of, of the client, would you say, uh, if they got Correct. their love, their present, and they're in front of them. Yeah. Okay, very good. Anything else in in, in regards to our, our hospital systems and and how important it is for uh, for employees uh, to uh, to get this? Now, my question, I guess, would be: uh, should should this be uh, required? I know that the uh, federal judge uh, upheld that uh, Houston, uh, and and there's a, there's a the Methodist. Uh, uh, hospital also, I believe, and that's I think that's what uh, uh, Dr. Hagney was talking about. I think the Methodist Hospital as well. Did they was there some issue with with the Methodist Hospital down there in uh, in Houston as well? Ms. Rihanna, if you can look that up for us, I think uh, I think Methodist. I believe that's where the walkout. That's where the walkout was. From okay, the got Methodist Hospital. Um, I got you. And can okay. can I make can I make a comment on? Absolutely. Um, the aspect of this uh, about um, <laughs> it, it just amazes me um, how many people seem to think that having a job is somehow the same thing as like an inalienable right or a constitutional right. Or, you know, that somehow your employer is the same thing as the government, that you're somehow afforded these constitutional free speech rights by your employer. You know, there's a difference between the government and what they have to provide to you and your employer and what they are allowed to impose on you. It's a privilege to have a job. You don't have to work there. If they require that as a medical professional you be inoculated from the disease that happens to be the deadly pandemic we're in the midst of, you're in the wrong job. You don't have the right to be a Karen and demand to speak to the manager because you don't like the requirements of your work. They're not the federal government. They're your employer. Does that make sense? I mean, it just seems like there are so many people who think, you know, oh, Facebook has to give me free speech. My work has to give me free speech. No, they don't. They're not the government. Rihanna, is that a is that a a privileged kind of attitude thing working? Exactly. That's what I I was looking for the statistics you asked for, and I couldn't find them. 
the breakdown of these specific nurses from the walkout, but it just, as soon as you said privilege, I was just thinking, well, we all know what they look like. We all, we know. (laughs) It's a bunch of Karens (laughs) thinking that they're entitled, you know, to have not just this, not just a job or this job, but this job with exactly how I think you know, all, all my ignorance on full display, no matter what the requirements are, you know, like they just are entitled all these things. You know, if you don't like the requirements of this job, first of all, if you don't want to be inoculated from a deadly disease and you're a nurse, you're in the wrong job. You don't know what you're doing, and I don't want you to be in my hospital room. I mean, you know, so all the points that have been made are just so well taken and, and on top of that I would just say we we've got to get better at educating the public on civics and right. you know what the constitution is and what the difference between well, a private employer and a government entity, you know, all that. Excellent point. Excellent Ms. point. Miss Rihanna, I I'm gonna take this stance and back you up on that on the, uh <laughs> when you're talking about these constitutionalists. Uh, well, these are the same people that want to keep the state of Texas a uh, right to uh, uh, fire state. You know, uh, and right. at any given chance, they can fire you for any reason. And we, mm-hmm. we're trying to make it the right to work state. And so, uh, uh, you know, so long, Karen. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Next. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so, so let's use the constitutional rights that they want to have the right to fire. So we have the right to fire you for being insubordinate. And uh, we're going to hire someone that's going to be more. You know the name of that law is the right. You know, we're, it, it is the right to work. That's what they named it. You do know that, don't you? Right. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the I right. know. But, but what I'm saying is we're, that's their right to fire, right to work that's, mm-hmm. But that's right. what it really means. By, uh, it really means, it the means right that that's right. the right to fire. It means the right to fire. They named it right to work. Yeah, they named it right to work. They named it right to work. right to fire. But it means you're right. I've been fighting for six years. Oh, I I know. (laughs) I know. And and they always write exactly. If you want to know what's cooking, uh, just look at the wording. And it it means the absolute opposite of what they've given you. I love that. I love that. Thanks for bringing Thanks for bringing that out, Pastor Cooper, because that is you're 100% correct. And they call it the right to work state. That's by design. And all it is is saying that, yeah, I can fire you for anything. I don't have to even give you a reason. I can just tell you bye. Yeah, out of here. Exactly. But, exactly. but the other thing, and we haven't spoken much about this, uh, gentlemen and Ms. Rihanna, but keep this in mind that, uh, that there are still uh, a few people who are actually dying of COVID-19 who has been vaccinated. So what we have to keep remembering, that's why it's so important for us to get vaccinated, but that our vaccines are not 100%. They're 94 and whatever, and, and, and Johnson & Johnson, and I think, is a little less. So keep in mind there's still that small percentage uh, of, uh, of the fact that you still may get it. And with this Delta variant uh, that's coming out of the U.K. and hitting our country to include right here in Tyler, Texas, we have someone, we have a couple people in the hospital now here in Tyler who has that Delta variant. So keep in mind, uh, in certain places, if we're closed in in certain places, uh, we still may want to consider wearing that mask uh, if we're in, because we don't know who's vaccinated and who's not uh, vaccinated. 
So, uh, so if we're out in the open air, of course, like we were last night out uh, uh, watching the, uh, the city fireworks and so forth. And, yeah, we set out. Uh, outside out there in our VIP section, uh, watching the kiddos enjoy themselves and all of that and running around. So that was fun uh, out there, and we were still spread out, uh, still social distance as much as we possibly can. But just keep in mind, these vaccines are not, they are not 100% effective. They are a little bit less. So Yeah, when you go out, you, you know, we- you, you know, when you go out, you feel kind of funny now because you go eat you, you go out. Like I went to this, I went out to, you know, to an eatery, you know, uh, had a music, music thing working. Anyway, I went in. Now, everybody in there, uh, ain't nobody got no mask on. So I'm walking <laughs> with my mask on, right? It's like, ah, oh, man. Okay. So eventually <laughs> I. <laughs> yeah, you took yours off, didn't you? And, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, 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 the peer pressure, the peer pressure, pull my mask off. And I, and I want to say to people, do not be intimidated if you are the only one in there with a mask on. Don't I need be you there with me. I need you with me, though. Are you with me, though? <laughs> I get it. And I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that out, Mr. Arthur, because you're 100% uh, correct on uh, on just that. And I see it a lot, and so I see a lot of people, in particular, I see a lot of uh, people of African descent, uh, black people, who uh, are still wearing their masks. And so when they come into an area where they don't see people wearing, uh, then they have a tendency uh, to remove it. But I'm I'm very particular. I decide when I want to remove my mask. Now, I don't let anybody make that decision uh, for me. So. I just wanted to bring well, that back. Well, I mean, they didn't make it for me. You know, I, I decided I'd stay. So, I went, you know, I looked at them. I looked them over. They all looked like the headshot. So, hey. Oh, yeah. I can, I, how do you think that one? That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they had it. That's a good one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Lisa's honest. You know what? He, he, hey, he goes yes, up he in my I ranking this thing because he's honest. I love it. That's right. That's right. I love it, too. I love it, too. <laughs> so, any final comments from you, uh, Dr. Hagney, in regards to uh, the vaccine and when uh, maybe our next uh, event will come up? And then you may want to mention uh, there may be some people out there listening who may be able to jump in there and assist the uh, Northeast Texas uh, Task Force and printing our material to get out into the black and brown community. Dr. Hagney, you can find, have the final comments, and then we're going to go over and talk about our next subject for the evening. Unmute, Dr. Hagney. Let me make sure his line is open. I apologize if it's not. One second. Give him two minutes to come in. We didn't lose him. Oh, here we go. No. Well, we did. He's back on now. Yes, Dr. Hagney, if you come in and and make your final comments on, uh, and if you have a place that we're going to be going next. I know that we're looking at in uh, at the, about the middle of the month, we're looking at Texas college again. And, right. um, and so they want to mention about, um, about your, about our flyer. There may be some people out there that may be able to help us with, uh, with the printing of that flyer and so forth. So we'll give you the oh. final comments before we go to our next topic. 
Oh, very good. Can you hear me now? I, I like to emphasize the significance of the individuality of uh, We have to be, with this virus and this variant, we have to set the example for others. And so it is an individual thing, and it, there's a need for individual decisions about the mask. And uh, so, yes, uh, I would Also, that's why we see now we're getting a little problem with Dr. Hagney. Dr. Hagney, I'm... Okay, now, there you go. I can hear you better now. No, that's me. Okay. I, say, I guess that's Zyguy. I guess that's Zyguy's got uh, Dr. Knight. Okay, so if you, everybody else will mute their lines and let Dr. Hagney finish his comments. Go ahead, Dr. Hagney. Did we lose him, Ms. Rihanna? Maybe, maybe we lost him again. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. It's Dr. Hagney tonight. It's been, and Mr. Arthur, you're coming through loud and clearly. And I think that when we do uh, mute our lines, when we're not uh, speaking, I think that helps as well. So if Dr. Hagner wants to make any comments later on in regards to where the direction we need to go in as far as uh, as our COVID-19 uh, vaccines, he can make that before the evening ends. But let me uh, move us on over. We lost you, Dr. McKellar. We we lost Dr. McKellar. She'll be back on in one moment. Hey, where'd Doc go? We lost her. Oh, here's Dr. Hackman is back. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes, you can. Okay. I was mentioning this this is an individual uh, preface with the mask. I would highly recommend for an individual to make that individual decision to continue wearing your mask because it's in our community where the numbers are not as high as they should be, uh, they're much less than being reported. So it's critical that we set positive examples about wearing a mask. So we have to be we have to be leaders with mask in our community. And so the issue is about the need to get correct information out there. We talked about the brochure. We're asking for assistance in getting the uh, the brochures uh, printed because we need it in everyone's hands and that's what that's so that's our request assistance in printing more. We have more and more requests for these pamphlets for this material, so we're asking for that, that request. And also, back to Texas College, we're going there, and there's another large uh, uh, church organization are asking us to come and assist in establishing vaccine sites at their, at their membership. So we need more of the flyers, more of the brochures out in that community. So anyone can help us with printing those, we, we would deeply, deeply appreciate it. Very good. Okay, very good. Thank you, uh, Dr. Hagney, for that. So let's then move over and talk a little bit about this uh, critical race theory. We know uh, even that um, that uh, Trump came down to um, came down to our border uh, a few days ago, the 30th, as a matter of fact, about three or four days ago, and we know that he was hosted by uh, by the governor here. And uh, so we're working really, really hard to make sure that everybody 
in Texas knows exactly who Pastor Michael Cooper is. Uh, it's going to take all of us working uh, as a team. Teamwork uh, makes the dream work. And so we, our dream is to, uh, is to have uh, someone in the, uh, the governor's mansion in uh, Austin, Texas, that's working for the greater good of all mankind, not just some but every single one of us, we're all Texans. We all deserve uh, to, uh, to be represented. And so we need someone uh, to, to actually represent us fully. That would be uh, Pastor Michael Cooper. So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about racial uh, criminal, excuse me, a critical race theory. And Ms. Rihanna, I know you're back on uh, now. And so if you could start out by just giving us a little definition uh, for those that are listening out there so that we'll all be on the same page. <laughs> you have to take a few minutes to look that, uh, that up and find out. We're all just losing. I got dropped off. I don't know if you guys knew I was dropped off. I was just really saying, talking to myself and found out that uh, no one was listening. <laughs> so I was glad that uh, Dr. Hagney was able to get that in. Do you have a definition for us, Ms. I have I have two definitions. One okay. is uh, a bunch of angry uh, right-wing idiots who are screaming all about it and uh, angry right-wing legislators who are crafting really horribly written ignorant legislation on it who have no idea what it is, who it's being taught to, or what it has anything to do with. That's one definition. <laughs> the other definition wow. uh, is, is <laughs> um, a body of legal scholarship and academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States that seeks to critically examine U.S. law as it intersects with issues of race in the United States and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice, and this is something that's not taught at the grade school level. It is taught primarily to law students, and as we found out, it, it is examined um, within our military. So that's the working okay, so, definition. So, very good, outstanding. So then I guess my question would be what Ms. Rihanna laid that out beautifully. That's, it's not even taught, as a matter of fact, I was not even real familiar with it. I, I heard the term when I was studying my um, my degree in political science. I heard it, but it was like a Passover. I mean, he didn't even deal with it. It was my law professor, and he didn't even deal with it all that so much. He just kind of talked a little bit about it because we, we're all uh, political science, journalists, majors, uh, criminal justice majors. Uh, we were not lost. Student, uh, even though he was a law professor uh, teaching us criminal law. And so he threw it in there, and then he was gone with it. And so, uh, so that, was, uh, that was my uh, indoctrination of uh, the, criminal, uh, the critical race theory. Uh, but now, so tell me what on earth has happened here in the last uh, few weeks that all we hear now is about the, uh, the theory. And so what, what is going on that caused this to happen? Ms. Anna, can you help us out? Can you start us out by helping us out a little bit on mm-hmm. telling us 
what's going on right now in the last few weeks with with um, uh, election Trump and all of that that brought us to the critical race theory. Go ahead. Well, well, uh, how it literally came about, honestly, um, it it really is a hoax. Um, how it became a wedge issue or a culture, the latest culture wars issue. Um, it basically a conservative. Well, he calls himself conservative. He's a right wing writer and activist named Christopher Ruffo was expounding about the dangers of critical race theory, claiming that it promoted the belief that America is an irredeemably racist society he totally misrepresented it, and then he um, also posited to a couple of his cohorts that it would be and could be the perfect wedge issue. He said that if we paint that term, if we make it, you know, paint it with the worst brush possible and and make it to where when people say that word, there's a visceral political reaction to it immediately. That's what we need to do to, to that term uh, to make this the next issue. Um, and it was immediately picked up by Donald Trump and that whole chorus. People totally have fallen for it. Um, parents have decided to go to school board meetings and, and throw a fit over it. And it's all based on not just ignorance of what it is and who it's actually being taught to and, and what it says, but truly, you know, buying into a hoax from a guy who said, Hey, this is the perfect hoax. <laughs> this is the perfect thing to, um, to paint with a horrible brush uh, mm-hmm. And misrepresent and make people have a reaction to it, and they did, and they fell for it, and here we are. Very good. So you guys heard Miss mm. Rihanna say that sure. it was taught on the college level, but now this past semester in public schools, uh, the school boards people are. Just, I mean, the the citizens are showing up at the school boards, and it's being talked about uh, even all the way from kindergarten all the way up to the 12th grade. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. I think you were about to say something. Go ahead. We need to have some – when we have a conversation like all this happening in context of this movement in America, a fascist movement, they talk about it, it's a fascist movement. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is how you do Good it. Point. It, 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 right. Yeah, which is how you do it. So right. and so you have to understand it's like, oh no, oh oh. This is what we're doing and and we need to have a sense of urgency about it. You know, like I mean yeah, we could go about games but uh you know, uh we look around the stuff we go. So this is and uh, you know, folks need to uh, put put a context around when you see it going on. You know, like they ain't just doing. That guy said he said he wanted to 
get, you know, take, you know, take that word, put everything negative about that bad, and then when people, mm-hmm. you know, taking word, you know, teach my three wing motors they run out. So you know, set the ten grades and him the best move. And we got to stand, uh, you know, you, 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 I think somebody said it. I heard somebody say it was true. Don't so much to rest. He's the premise. You know, I think he's both of them, but he's got white premises more than anything. So, you know, so I'm right. just saying, yeah, we got to have some context about these things. Uh, like just a normal uh, political shenanigan, and it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you heard Miss Rihanna say I, I have more than one definition. So I, I so I think the big thing that's going on in our school boards and, and our teachers and principals and superintendents and all of those uh, that are facing the questions now about uh, about this in our public schools is in fact the definition. What is the and there there's a dis, big disagreement. I believe uh, Miss Rihanna laid that out so beautifully as to uh, what the actual definition is. And I think Miss Arthur just kind of uh, laid it out really pretty good of what the what the actual what the real issue is here with this critical yeah. race theory. Any other comments? Anybody? Sure, sure, sure. About that issue shows you uh, the, 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 the toll failure of, the, of our indoctrination, misinformation, education system. It's unbelievable. It's not like, I mean, I guess is that, is that, hey, ain't nobody getting educated. You know, and I think folks, I think, like, and uh, uh, you know, really calling our you know sales and work plans to educate many people we can about what's going on because hey, this is a real idea, yeah. Okay, Mr. Arthur's That's trying right. to fade out. It's not a dress rehearsal. <laughs> this is a oh, real deal. Okay. Oh, it ain't a and I missed part of what uh, what Mr. Arthur said that the that last line or two. I missed what you what you said because you were going in and out. What was that you said, Mr. Arthur? Oh, I was just saying that you know that this is you know this is you know that's happening is 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 like orchestrated. It's called fascism. It's the you know education system has failed us because you shouldn't be able to fool at this seat. But again, you know. Hey y'all, this walk like it, talk like it, and be it, because uh, you know a new a new normal is going to show up in a minute. Okay, so so let me ask this question then: Do you think that that uh, this uh, CRT is the uh, the critical uh, race uh, theory is too deep? For our young folk, especially those that are in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade—I mean, Miss Rihanna's educator, Mr. Arthur, educator—what are your thoughts as far as uh, our kiddos learning more about this critical race theory uh, here uh, in our public schools in America? Go ahead. I'll mute well, well, first of all, first of all, first of all, critical race theory is not taught in any schools. Taught in grade. 
school law school. Uh, so, so when I told y'all about uh, the Supreme Court, the Petit Court came and spent that time and showed us some films. Okay, that's what they were talking about. And so, right. and so, and so, so like, something we need to do just basically just kind of understand that is a trope. It has nothing to do with that politics. Right. Well, right, I understand, but, but if if you if yeah. you remember today, it was today or yesterday. I think it was today, or maybe it was Friday that someone, a, a man, was arrested in the school board uh, meeting, uh, talking about critical race theory. And he, I don't know what what he did that caused him to get arrested. But they handcuffed him and carried. I saw that on the uh, news today, as a matter of fact. And I can't remember what day it was, or I didn't even see where it was located. But it is being, as Ms. Rihanna mentioned, it is being discussed in school boards, among educators and principals, and all of that uh, out there in, in America. Go ahead, anybody. Well, again, another coin years old. Is our trainer. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll go to Mr. Arthur, and then we'll go to Pastor Cooper, and then we'll go to uh, to Dr. Hagney. Go ahead. I'm just saying that uh, the, the quest, uh, how can you start teaching kids about race? Well, actually, you know, through here they start learning the first minute they get here. But you know, five years old is actually you know the you know the age price should start. You know, like I say, you know, we grew up looking at Dick and Jane, so you know that was. I mean, it was like, you know, racial education. So, you know, uh, you should start as young as you can, I think, and I think that we can, uh, you know, get get a lot of stuff out of these, uh, the next generation. Okay, very good. Pastor Cooper? Okay, th- this goes back to, to what we've been saying all along, and this is not a shameless plug for, for me be- becoming the next governor of Texas. This is just the reason why I decided to run for governor of Texas and even before lieutenant governor. It's to inform our people uh, in education, in our books, to rewrite uh, the books the correct way. This is not critical race theory. This is teaching history. So when should we start teaching history? When should we start teaching facts? Immediately when they start K-3. My my children started uh, school in K-3. So kindergarten, first grade, whenever you start teaching history, like uh, Brother Arthur was just saying, uh, see Dick Run, see Jane Run. You're teaching already that the only one – that, that has a dog or has animals or a home or parents or, or, or we're teaching it already. So what we need to do is go back and, and look at the things and, and say, we want to teach and reteach. Uh, we want to inform our kids of all of our history, good, bad, and the ugly, and see where we are today. And hopefully we can all make it better. That's just like another <laughs> phrase, defund the police department. Uh, when they, when they create these, th- th- these phrases and these, these, these terms, that's their table. Again, we're not mm-hmm. going to use their language. We're not going to go to their table. We're bringing our own table. So that's the reason why you have to make sure when you vote for me, you're voting for yourself and your kids' education because number one on our ticket, besides uh, criminal justice reform and besides the economics, it is absolutely education, and that's where mm-hmm. it starts. And you cannot mm-hmm. transform, uh, reinform anyone until you teach all of our history and you cannot wince at it. You cannot close your eyes at it. You cannot 
uh, whitewash it. You have to tell the truth, and it will release us and make us a better state and country. <clears throat> I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. See, this is an opportunity for us to uh, correct, uh, fill in all the gaps in history, and teach it correctly. And so, this is this is our opportunity for us to stand up and uh, play our role. To make sure that, as you, as you, as you well mentioned, the significance of education. Back to basics. We need to start. Be, be involved with that, and now it's time to correct and re, rewrite the books, to correct history. But my question is, is there a discussion about even this not being, being able to be taught in school? Uh, there are some bills uh, being uh, talked about that which you can't talk about race issues at all. Right. How would this affect That's us right. telling the truth? Uh, there are some bills about you can't even discuss race. Yes. Yes, sir. That's right. That's true. Good point. In multiple Good point. states. But In see, multiple. then I tell you that opened the door. You know, I say, why do we feel the one place we can be educated in a public school system, even though they play a fantastic job? But you know, our education started early in the black church. So uh, our own table, yeah. I tell our own yeah. story. We have to build in the role where we Amen. can go and tell Amen. the truth without, you know, this whole system when we. Integration and everything, we got captured into an area now they feel that they it's total control. And so now they can tell us what they say we should be taught. But I think we should go back, we said earlier, we need to go back to basics and back to the role of the church and start and writing our own education and, and learn in other places in addition to the public schools. The churches are there, the spaces are there, and other uh, events are there. So we need to go there and tell our story, tell the truth story, because a lot of your current books probably need to be replaced anyway because they're not complete. So I think it's a golden opportunity yeah. for us to, to stand up and tell our history and talk to our seniors and information and, and write and rewrite the uh, uh, the correct history. Yeah, that's correct, beautiful. Uh, that, oh, I'm yes, sorry. beautiful, beautiful. And, and no, I, I'm going to give it to you, uh, uh, Pastor Cooper, but let me just tell you, my first teacher was my mother. My first teacher was my Amen. father. My first teacher mm-hmm. was the church. And so you're on point, uh, Dr. Hagley, you're on point. Uh, Pastor Cooper, go ahead. I know you had something to say in return in regards to uh, that beautiful statement from uh, Dr. Hagley. Oh, a- absolutely. And, and see, we have to be careful when they're changing these laws. They're not just trying to <clears throat> prevent something. They're trying to erase things. And yeah. the next thing, you know, we always talk about Black History 365. But if you're not talking about the the type of definition that they're calling critical race theories, when you've gotten rid of uh, Black History Month, that, that, that's what you're doing. Yeah. And, and so we have to really go back and dig into it. And now that I'm woke, uh, because for, for 30 years I was busy raising a family, but so, I was uh, uh, minding my own business, trying to live mm-hmm. the dream, and then I saw some folks that, that agitated me enough to wake me up, and now they're in trouble because they have a very woke person, angry and woke, <laughs> which which makes me dig even more because when we look at these things, we're not even ourselves. The things that we've learned is not even the tip of the iceberg. When I go back and look at people that I've held mortgages with, like Chase Bank, that, that mm-hmm. actually own names of people and took them as an asset because farmers could not pay for their mortgage, their plantation, or anything Mm -hmm. else. And then they Mm -hmm. sold that asset, a person, a human being with DNA on the chopping Mm -hmm. block and their little picking ninnies, as they want to call them. You know, all of these things 
that 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 that's uh, insulting. Uh, all of these things that are uh, racist. All of these things, and so there, uh, there, there's a system. And when people say racism does not exist, but yet you have a system of banking that thought it was okay to sell blood, sweat, and tears as an asset, and and cotton not only funded yeah. the South, but it funded the entire uh, GDP. It, it funded yep. the entire globe because it was traded mm-hmm. for on NASDAQ, and it was founded upon it. And to this day, anything, including Bitcoins, comes from the sweat and back of that of our ancestors, and we cannot yep. wash that away. And so they are in trouble. I wish they'd come out with the next thing, the next uh, term, and I guarantee you we're going to have more people that's going to be uh, engaged, in, uh, excited, and uh, mm-hmm. in place. To, to, to make a change, and we have to make that change in Austin, Texas, when it comes to yeah. the laws, it comes to voting, register people to vote. That's the reason why I said, Dr. Hagney, when you go out, I'm going to be there. I'm going to take time off the job. We're going to be registering people to vote. There are a million folks in uh, East Texas. We're going to register them to vote, and we can change these laws by voting the people in position to get things done that should be done and that better our, our state. Good job. Well, it might the latest insult is she's going to the Olympics, the hammer throw right? And she turned her uh-huh. back on, you know, Francis Scott Key, right? On Francis Scott right. Now, now if anything, anybody know about anything about the national anthem, they know that that, mm-hmm. that that was not, that that was not. And so, and so for us to know that and not want to respect that now, we want to play like that's a problem. Really? <laughs> so yeah, so we we've been doing a lot of attitudes. So, so we have to just so again. Yeah, can I jump back in? Can I jump back in for a hot second? Yeah. Uh, th- these are powerful, powerful statements. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this monkey ranch out there. So we can see now that this critical race theory uh, is under attack, and we can even see why it really is under attack. You know, we can dialogue a little bit on what you, why you think, why you may think it's under attack. But, but let me ask this, uh, this little question here uh, in regards to critical race theory. Uh, so does now, now that we've uh, analyzed this theory a little bit, uh, does that say that uh, uh, people of Caucasian persuasion, all of them are, are racist uh, and, and, that's racist for us to say that. I'm not saying that we say that. I'm just asking the question and then giving uh, giving a little dialogue behind it. Uh, if we say that uh, now that we're understanding the critical race theory a little bit and we're we're understanding uh, that that Trump has probably been one of the nucleus of uh, of, uh, of race baiting uh, in this country and opening, and I should say, lifting the rug up. That the rug was was had it held down a little bit, but he lifted the rug up, and and now people have just gone berserk, uh, and and they're just um, no holes barred. So if we said that if a person says all Caucasians are racist, isn't that a racist statement? Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Critical critical race theory is about the effects of uh, of race. And 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 the mm-hmm. structure, but that's what it is. So they go in so they can learn about the uh, uh, the little effects 
of that. You know, it, that's why them judges came down and told us that it was real. So basically, and so now, okay, so that's what you're talking about. Nowhere and no other system in education. And so the politician brought it all up in here, threw it into a bag, uh, a little bomb, rolled it in the middle of the room, just explode. Yeah. This is kind of like, I guess. And lied about what it was. Going forward. Mm-hmm. Lied about what it was. So basically, I said, we got to understand what it actually is. It's a trope. Okay. It's, a, it's a program. It's, uh, you know, it, you know it, it, it's a, 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 you know, about, it's a plan. They, you know, not a plan. It's a plan. So, uh, so if you look at it in that context, you know, what we have to do is just is sit back and, and actually, like we're doing tonight, figure out exactly what it is and what it ain't. Mm-hmm. And it ain't nothing. These people, these school boards, uh, all have spent what they want. You want white people upset? So yeah. that's their plan. Anything they can do to get white people upset, that's what they're going to do. And as we can see, uh, they'll do about anything. Okay, Ms. Rihanna? Well, that's exactly right. Uh, I totally agree. Um, the, and I also want to say that, well, I want to answer your question quickly. Um, is it racist to say that all white people are racist? First of all, no, it's not true to say that all white people are racist. It's not true that that's what critical race theory says. And by definition, it can't really be racist to say that either because there is a power dynamic involved in racism, as we all know. You can be prejudiced against white people, but not racist because that's a specific term. And I know we've had callers call in and, and question us about that before, so it just bears repeating to them again in case they're listening uh, that that power dynamic is important in the definition. Uh, and I'll also say this. Um, Germany has done a full mea culpa after the Holocaust. We are the ones who encourage them yes. to do that. Right. We have yet to do anything even remotely resembling what we insisted that Germany do, there are no statues of Hitler. There are no schools named Adolf Hitler Elementary School in Germany. Yeah. None of that. None of that. We have not followed our own recommendations, and we are where we are because of it. A full uh, accounting of our history should be taken, agreed upon, and administered to our students. Uh, by people who actually are historians and, you know, given all the different perspectives from people who are actual experts on those perspectives, and we need a stronger public education system to make sure that public schools have that uh, as just a bare minimum standard and not just what state buys the most textbooks gets to write the history of, you know, what we're all going to follow now or what racist school board puts in the most money for textbooks gets to whitewash our history more. Um, We just need (laughs) full mea culpa beginning to end. And if we were to start (laughs) beginning to take seriously uh, that past, inherent in that would be our full accounting and taking seriously of our history to teach our children as a high priority within that. 
we are nowhere near there, but that needs to be our beacon that we follow. Full mea culpa as a nation to get it right. We are nowhere near there. There has to be a starting Amen. point for that, and and we can't start Amen. if we're fighting over this ignorance of a bastardized version of critical race theory as an edge issue. Right. Very good. So well put. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. Anybody you else? Know, I, I, I agree with her. I agree with her totally, wholeheartedly. You know, it's our responsibility to write the correct history. Tell and write the correct history, which you return referring to the true historians, and we have to stay focused on that. Uh, we have to tell our stories, the stories of the grandparents, the stories in the graves, all those stories, like we started out telling. We have to get back to that, telling that, teaching our kids that, and not be distracted because there will be a lot of distraction keeping us from telling the true story. And so we have a responsibility to tell the correct story. To correct the information and not be sided by anything to distract us from that. We owe it to our, uh, our current and future generations. But also, I know it's being involved in historical. There are individuals who that don't look like us need to know the story because they will there are some indication that they will agree with us if they know the story. So that's why it's important, not for our own sake and good, but there are individuals who just really don't know the story for a whole lot of reasons. And so they're a potential group. Once they really understand the whole story, I think they, I don't understand they're not going to come on my side, but they, they will be supportive. Because I've seen that in a lot of historical events. People just don't know the complete They've been told the wrong story, or else they haven't been told the complete story. So it's our responsibility to fill in all the gaps and tell the, the correct, complete story. Well, it's amazing you say that, Dr. Okay. Uh, Pastor Cooper, go ahead. Yeah, I'm I, I just uh, going to piggyback on what he said as he's taking back off what Miss Rihanna said so well. Uh, one of the reasons why they can't uh, tell the story, like she was saying, suggesting that they need to completely change and switch, uh, is because the story is not complete. Not, I, I hadn't used my pastor hat tonight, so I'm going to use that. Uh, all things work together for good for those who uh, 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 love God, call according to his purpose. So my point is this, is that uh, the good hadn't been done yet because the story hadn't been completed. Uh, right. the, the story cannot be completed until we teach the the truth, and then it sets us free to complete the story. Yes. We we got yes. HR forty that uh, Congresswoman uh, Sheila Jackson Lee and Al Green uh, all both are talking the conversation of res, uh, uh, reparations. Well, at the same time. Uh, we're talking. We're talking about starting a conversation about it when we are having a conversation about it, and we know where we need to go. And that place is education again. We just saw. A, yes. a, a hopefully, it is not a frivolous bill that the governor is trying to pass or passed about opening up uh, community schools uh, and, and letting them expand from a two-year college to a four-year college, so it's cheaper and easier for our kids to go to school and get educated. When we talk about cheaper and easier, easier. One of the reforms of reparations should be for all of those that, uh, descendants of slaves should have an education that's available to us, just like we have yeah. uh, loans for, for homes that's available to us mm-hmm. at least once. I, I think this is where we start with education. Tell the story. Tell the narrative. Tell it truthfully. And to answer your question, Dr. McKellar, on the other flip of the coin when you started, uh, 
uh, is that we cannot say that everyone is racist uh, because that's our eighth grade logic, logic that says there's a lot. Because as soon as we find one that is, when you use the word all, it negates the 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 the, the, the narrative. So therefore, it's, it's it's not true. So we can say it, or someone can say it, or they can try to use it. So we know it's not true, and, and we know someone is saying it's not being truthful, and everyone knows that. But what we have to con- continue to do, and I think Sister, uh, Brother Arthur said this about three weeks ago. When Joe Biden, uh, President Joe Biden, was going out and, and, and telling people about his plan and telling people that we're going to be ready to go and, and we're going to get the economy going again, and he's trying to get ahead of the curve. That's what we have to do. And I love your radio show for doing that. We are creating the narrative. We, 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 we're uh, uh, telling the truth where the lives have been spent. We have to uh, retell the narrative, retell the story, and encourage others to do the same because 10% of the people that are, are, are evil and finding these phrases and these words, they are trying to entice 50% uh, of the population. So when we see these polls and people think that our ex-president was off point, off course, and we see that he was not well liked, that's us doing our job because we are exposing people to the truth that these narratives are absolutely simply not true. So, again, hats off to this group and this team because we are fighting the system and the man. Oh, goodness. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Listen, you guys are on it uh, tonight. And, and Pastor Cooper, uh, your comments brought me straight over to uh, underfunding of uh, minority uh, black and brown communities and school districts throughout the country, how – uh, it's disproportionately uh, money given to all of our various programs uh, and things throughout the nation. So it's all about that money and where that money is going and making sure that that is equally distributed uh, and that we have those proper and right curriculums uh, to reinforce uh, the, the real stories that you all are talking about that have not been told. The completion of it, I like I like the way you put that, Dr. Hagney and, and, and Pastor Cooper and all, all of Ms. Rihanna and, and Mr. Arthur, is not completely told yet. And once it's completely told, and then who is responsible for telling those uh, stories and who's responsible for writing those books? It should be people like Ms. Rihanna and Mr. Arthur and, and, and our educated people who are – and then not only that – and then we got to take it to the next level. Of, and the reason why I'm, I'm going to go medical here is because I I was listening to uh, to the military uh, 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 news today, and so they were talking about they were talking about, and Mr. Arthur can relate to this. They were talking about those medics that uh, that are out there in the battlefield, and and they spent their whole careers as medics. Uh, but they didn't have a, a a certification. They didn't have a license like uh, Pastor Cooper has, and like I have, and like Mister uh, Mister uh, uh, who Doctor Hagney has. And then they didn't have the certifications like Mister Arthur and Miss Rihanna. And so then, when they get out of the military after they do their twenty or how many ever that they do, they're still safe. For instance, they went into the military when they're twenty, and then they did twenty, and then they got out when they're forty. Well, they're still young. They're not going to sit at home. Uh, they got one one uh, piece of paper that they're getting their retirement from that, from that 20 years. But they're going to move on over, and they're going to do something else. And so the story is that they don't have anything uh, as a medic to say uh, that I can go into the civilian world 
and work in a hospital mm. or somewhere. So mm. now they're working at Dr. Hadley so that so when these oh, yeah. medics get out, and, and my thing is that what the military should be doing is that when these medics are out there training, get out, I mean, they can take a needle and throw it and, throw it and, and pop a vein because they're so accustomed <laughs> to pop things every single day, you know, all day, every day, right. especially if right. it's during wartime, right? They should be preparing right. them to be nurses and, and right. getting them ready to go to medical school or a pharmacist or whatever that, because we got pharmacy techs in the military. Right. So right. why exactly. should we not yeah. prepare them while they are there so that when they get out and go into the Go ahead, Mr. That is. Does that make too much sense, sir? What you talking about? Makes sense, man. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it makes yeah. sense, I see. Well, I guess I have to. McKellar, you, 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 need to take, you need to take the lead in that. I mean, because that, that's totally unexcusable. If you compare the training, as you, the individual you indicated, 5 or 10 or whatever, 20 years, there's no comparison to what we're currently, even in the medical schools. I mentioned early intern rotating through public hospitals, and there's no because I'm saying this because my I spent six years as a Navy corpsman. When you talk yeah. about dispensing the medications and all that, it's really when you stop and think about it, it's an embarrassment that that is that's not occurring for certification of those individuals. If you look at contact hours, exposed hours, there's no comparison in our public healthcare system to compare for the field experience those individuals have, have received and earned. So it is really, when you stop and think about it in America, that is a major embarrassment. And also yeah. when you look at the lack of healthcare individuals in the rural areas, people we need, the lack of doctors, healthcare individuals in there our public go. system, and I, it is, it is so when you stop and think about it, we talk about all our national programs, even in Obamacare and all that. When we sit and allow those individuals that kind of practical experience to come back in public life at a young age, and they have to transition into something else, they may have to relearn, and they have all that healthcare knowledge, it would be it would be it would be amazing the impact that would have on our healthcare system if those individuals they could be certified prior to them leaving the military. There's all sorts of ways they Absolutely. could have been certified. Yeah, that's it what I mean. They need to have it before they get out of there. And not only that, I mean, we have all we have all of our schools. And now, I, I, Dr. Hagney, I don't remember. I think you you came out of the military and then you went to to a pharmacy right. school. Is that correct? right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Right. right. But think about think about those pharmacy techs that are working in oh, there, right. learning all about those drugs and all that. They should become certified right there. Right. If they want to oh, become yeah, a pharmacist. They ought to be a pharmacist before they get out of that metal, that uh, military, yeah. Yeah. and that's yeah. that's the point I make. If they want to, yeah. if they're medical, if they're Genius. techs, if they're medics, they should be a nurse by the time they get out of that school because Absolutely. they are prepared yeah. out of that yeah. military. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That was a good point. Absolutely. Department secretary has to be that should be sent to the highest level because there are no that's I'm, that's I'm, an embarrassing that's that embarrassing thing. Yes, you're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. It's even like the training sergeants that, that come through the uh, military. They, they should be educators. I mean, imagine the, 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 the information that is given across, and you can put together this rifle or a tank. And you, you mil- There's a young man who worked for me, and uh, he was uh, in the tactical field, 
and uh, an intelligence field and some other things. And his knowledge, when I just sat down, I, I said, whoa, we, we hadn't even touched the tip of the uh, mm-hmm. information that he has available uh, mm-hmm. in today's 21st century. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In, in the regular mm-hmm. world. I mean, so these folks need mm-hmm. to have a specific certification in certain areas that we can utilize and put them to work as soon as they finish their 20 years. Exactly. Imagine, the impact, on, imagine the impact on recruiting. When a recruiter can tell an individual once you go in the military and all that, you can come out with certifications. Exactly. And, and you're an educator. All those areas, all those areas, that was that was that would impact recruiting enormously. Exactly wow. right. Well, I, I can tell you this. I went in the military. I had, I had my master's degree in nursing when I went into the military, but I went to every military school except War College. And the only reason I didn't go wow. to War College is because I got out. Every single school, I have all these pieces of paper right here in my drawer. Of mm. where I went to command the general staff school. Every school that I, 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 went, I became a CCRN, Certified Registered Nurse, in the, in, in the military, ICU Certified, which is 66H8 wow. Alpha. Uh, I got all of those. Every school there was, I applied mm. for them and I went to them. And so there's no reason for these young folks to be out of the military and don't have a, cert, a piece of paper in their hands where they can go straight into a hospital and go to work and be certified. Right, absolutely. Something, something and yes. something. Yes. It was, yeah, right I was troubled when I heard that today on the news. It was very, very disturbing for me. Hmm. Because, I mean, these are people who spent 20. And so why are you going to spend 20 and don't come out with your pieces of paper in your hand? Yes. Should be certified, ready to work. Ready to go. Ready to and, ready and, to and go. as Dr. Hagman said, look what that would do to our medical profession. Look, look, we can send them out into the rural communities and, and let them set up some clinics out there and take care of those people who don't have and cannot get over to the hospitals here in the bigger cities, in, in Tyler, mm-hmm. Texas, or wherever, mm-hmm. that live out in rural well, communities. We yeah, take the health care well, to Sure. There you go, make us again. You stop it. So there you go, make us again. You just stop. He said you make. He said you making sense again. Well, they're doing it with midwives right now in the rural area. The midwives are, are delivering uh, large uh, amounts of babies right now. That's right. Mhm. Mhm. Midwifery is coming uh, back to a uh, full force again yes. in, in America. You saw it more so in Africa and other countries, but now it's uh, it, it's waking up and coming uh, coming right on back around. The, those ladies that have their doctorate in uh, as a nurse practitioner. Uh, a uh, long time ago, we were called clinical nurse specialists. That's all done away with. It's nurse practitioners now. As a matter of fact, when I, when I was working on my doctorate uh, in nursing, they sent me a letter saying, if you take two more advanced courses, like maybe a couple of those courses, like what Dr. Hagney had to take, and then two more advanced assessment courses, then you can sit for and become a nurse practitioner. But it was more more important to me to get my doctorate in nursing, and so I continued on wow. with that. And it, believe it or not, in the military, they didn't nurse practitioners and the registered nurses. They were all the same. You didn't that you didn't get elevated. They didn't even look at you as a nurse practitioner. They do now, but when I was in, uh, it, they did not. 
and some of the yeah. ladies who were explaining at that time, look, I, I went I went another step further and I want to be paid a little bit more. And but, but right. you were paid by rank and not by uh, by your profession uh, because the RN was just an RN. And uh, she was an RN, and that's what she was. And even though she may have been a nurse practitioner, she was an RN. So that's the way it is. But but thank God that that has changed now because they did go yeah. that extra step further, and they should be paid for that extra step further. So yeah, that's they, they take it over clinics mm-hmm. now. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. You still have to work on the, especially if you're if you're delivering babies. If if the, your specialty is uh, uh, obstetrics gynecology, you still have to work under the auspices of a medical doctor. Uh, has to right. sign off. You have to be make sure a medical doctor is close by, uh, so mm-hmm. that if you get into a snafu and and with the mom uh, and so forth, mm-hmm. that physician the physician is close mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. and can come mm-hmm. to your aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good, guys. This has been amazing. Amazing. Uh, any more? Any more comments in regards to critical race theory? Any more uh, comments in regards to uh, the vaccines and 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 all of that? Uh, this has been uh, outstanding. Uh, we just encourage you, those that are listening out there, that that think about it and uh, think about uh, if you, you're not doing it for yourself. Uh, do it for the, the patients that you're around. Do it for your family yeah. members uh, that you're around. Um, we, in order to to get where we need to be, and, and, and I want to salute uh, uh, Mr. President and Ms. Vice President for the hard work that they're doing. Uh, they didn't make that number that they wanted to make, but they were right on it. They were they were just a, right. a few points off. Often. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have to commend them for what that what has happened. That that mm-hmm. many people in America have had at least one uh, of sure. the uh, that one of the mm-hmm. yeah. Did somebody say something? Starter. Yeah, just on the cricket race theory thing. Uh, you know, again, some context. Uh, you know, in other words, white people, northern white people. We need we need our good we need some good white leadership to step up. Now I've been saying a little more lately than I had before, but we need a lot more of uh of the white leadership to stand up and have that conversation. Because see the only reason they can run this game down is because again it's that North versus thing. So basically what they do is you know, understand, uh, hey, y'all get along and be as bad as y'all think. And, uh, you know, and if y'all just, uh, uh, you know, kind of thing, the reconstruction went at the table. This time, have at the table. And, uh, well, you know, we're going to bring on the table. But, uh, you know, and then let's come to understand. Let's make a we need right now. Uh, subscribe to race theories for white people to start with white people and quit this here in each. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, thank you, Mr. Arthur. Good point. Okay. I'm going to switch gears for a minute. We have about, what, uh, I think, Ms. Rihanna, we have about eight minutes or so, seven, eight minutes before we turn it over to Ms. Rihanna, and she'll take us out for the evening. But let's talk quickly a little bit about uh, Weisenberg. 
I think that's his name, right? Uh, that's uh, Trump's guy. And, um, Weichelberg. And, uh, Weichelberg. Okay. and so we know that his daughter-in-law turned, turned state evidence against him, right? So what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Uh, the people, what the people are saying, and from what I'm reading, and you guys can chime in on this, is that that even though he uh, turned himself in and, and all of that, and then the daughter-in-law has all this material to show uh, that somebody was cooking some books somewhere, so to speak, uh, but uh, but they're still saying, but it's not going to send Trump to prison. And that's what uh, people want to see happen. And they're still saying, well, he is above the law because he's still walking around uh, here uh, scot-free. Uh, he even, they even compared him to the Bill Cosby issue uh, that all these women that said that he did all the things that, they, that he did to them. And then he's still walking around uh, scot-free. Nobody's carried him into a court of law. Uh, so it looks like it just makes it look like that he is above the law. So comments, and we'll start with. Uh, um, let's see, we will end with Miss Rihanna, so we can start with any one of the gentlemen. I don't know if you have anything in regards to that, uh, Doctor Hagen. I don't know if you have any comments in regards to it. If you do, uh, give it to us. But but I know that you've probably been keeping up as well with uh, with uh, what's going on with the Trump organization. Any comments, Dr. Hagen? Let me just say this. We have to be concerned concerned because, uh, again, it's just the same playbook, you know, and so so we have to be concerned Mm -hmm. about that. And, you know, the truth, again, back to the truth, following the truth, following the facts, that's what has to be consistent across the board. No matter who it is, the truth has to be there, and we have to be focused and, and maintain that and not let the same cause and that comparison with cause and all that, that could be a distraction. And so we have to stay focused on the truth and let the truth uh, lead us there and not, not, not give in because we're going to expect all sort of comparison and explanations of what, what's occurring and what's not occurring. But we just have to stay focused and hope although there are individuals there in in New York systems are doing their research, doing their homework, and and continue moving forward with their investigation. Very good. I like that. The same playbook. (laughs) He is absolutely correct. The same one. Pastor Cooper, any comments for you? Okay, go ahead, Mr. Arthur. You can can go ahead with your comments if you like. He's going unless he found his book. Now, if he goes. But it's a shame that no matter how much time he get, you got poor people in prison for going to be in prison for a lot longer time for a lot less for mm-hmm. a lot less stuff. We got a lot of work. Yes, sir. You're absolutely correct. Okay, Pastor Cooper. Well, I have a guy that's always in my ear. He's always reminding me, you know, inside out, not outside in. And so uh, that, that's the approach I'm taking with this guy that was former president. I don't have any more time for the foolishness. Uh, you know, if they say he's above the law, I'm going to leave him to something that the, the scripture remind me that there's a man that's Lord of Lord, King of Kings. So at that point, I'm going to leave him to that guy. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. 
I'm not worried about business. I'm worried about making sure that justice gets served and justice needs to get served in Austin, Texas, where we get rid of voter suppression, where we get rid of folks that feel like they're less than not. Uh, Make sure that we uh, educate and re-educate our children. Make sure that when you tell me that you're going to have a a lottery system that's going to go towards the money of education, that more than .000123% of a dollar goes towards that education, I want to make sure I hold folks accountable in the state of Texas when they're talking about the Robin Hood Act. We're going to rob uh, Peter PayPal, take money out of the rich districts and bring it back into the uh, uh, urban areas where we can't see that money, can't find that money, can't trace that money. So when they get ready to try to legalize marijuana on a federal or state level, I want 100% of that money, tax dollars, to go towards education so I can uh, uh, look for it so I can get teachers' pay raise, make sure librarians get pay raises, custodians get pay raises, and we rewrite the books to make sure that it includes all of our history. And that's it. Oh, my goodness. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, Pastor Cooper. That was uh, outstanding. Uh, let's see. Mr. Arthur, did you say you have some final comments? A, a minute. Uh, give you a minute to finalize, and then we. I'm going to end, and Ms. Liana is going to take us out. Everybody's mind. I think it's time. I'm looking forward to coming down there and, you know. Okay, well, we we welcome everybody to East Texas. (laughs) Let me just tell you that wonderful things are going on in East Texas. We're getting ready to open up North Tyler and to make sure that this community uh, excels and exceeds just like all the other communities uh, in our cities and across the nation. Tyler, Texas is a place to live. And we thank uh, our great uh, Dr. Kirk Calhoun. Uh, we thank the Board of Regents for the University of Texas uh, with um, our former mayor, um, uh, Mr. Kevin Eltaff, and all of those that are working infatigably hard to make sure that this place is a better place to live. We thank you so much. And, guys, you were amazing. This was an outstanding topic for the evening, and, boy, you worked this topic over, I'm telling you. <laughs> so hopefully all those that are listening out there have enjoyed uh, the evening. I always love Marvelous Monday. And so now, Ms. Rihanna, it's all yours for your final comments, and then we'll listen to our theme song. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great rest of the week. And uh, be Good safe. Night. And we'll talk Good to you night. soon. Go Good ahead, Miss Rihanna. Night. It's all yours. Don't leave until Miss Rihanna finishes hers. Don't leave her, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to express my gratitude for every Monday night I get to be among such brilliant and thoughtful, patriotic people. And it's just an honor. Every single Monday night, I appreciate each and every one of you, my friends. And we all on this panel love each and every one of you out there listening. So love yourselves, love one another, take care of each other, get your vaccines, and be careful out there. One day when the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won.
to the heavens, no man, no weapon. Formed against, yes, glory is destined. Every day women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, the spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots we on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, oh. Every man, woman, and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon it's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day when the glory comes It will be
Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 